Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of John. Hello, faithful listeners, and good morning, and welcome to the Bible Explained podcast. Let's go ahead and jump right into scripture today. I'm going to be talking about John chapter 4, verses 43 through 54. But before we begin that, let me do a quick recap about what Jesus was doing before this. So on Tuesday, Jesus had encountered a Samaritan woman, and he is in a region of Samaria right now. And he is just about to leave. But it's very important to remember that Jesus was just in Samaria when we talk about what we're going to talk about today, because the two are kind of linked. Actually, it's pretty interesting seeing the response that Jesus had in Samaria versus the response that Jesus is about to have in Galilee, where the Jewish population lives. So let's check this out in John chapter four. Once again, that's 43 through 54, the end of the chapter. I'll be reading out the W.E.B. version today. Feel free to grab the version of the Bible that you prefer and let me know what that is. Contact me. I love hearing from you guys. And also, if you guys have any kind of prayer requests whatsoever, feel free to contact me in the bio of this podcast episode. You'll find my contact information. Shoot me those prayer requests if you have any at all, and I'll write you down in my little prayer prayer journal. But all right, guys, let's go ahead and read this today. Grab that cup of coffee or that cup of tea, and let's jump in. After the two days, he went out from there and went into Galilee. For Jesus himself testified that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So when he came into Galilee, the Galileans received him, having seen all the things that he did in Jerusalem at the feast, for they also went to the feast. Jesus came therefore again to Cana of Galilee, where he made the water into wine. There was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and begged him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Jesus therefore said to him, Unless you see signs and wonders, you will in no way believe. The nobleman said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go your way, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him, and he went his way. As he was now going down, his servants met him and reported, saying, Your child lives. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. They said therefore to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew that it was about that hour in which Jesus had said to him, Your son lives. He believed, as did his whole house. This is again the second sign that Jesus did, having come out of Judea into Galilee. Now, if you guys missed uh, Tuesday's episode, you'll know that I talked about the whole thing regarding Jesus and the Samaritan woman and how he was in Samaria. But something that I didn't actually catch until today was that Jesus did not perform any miracles in Samaria, which I found fascinating. It actually says in verse 41, when Jesus is still in Samaria a few verses before this, it says, many believed because of his words. So the people in Samaria, the Samaritans who were not Jewish, they believed Jesus, not because of what he did, but because of the words that he was speaking. They believed in him because of the gospel that he was speaking and his teachings. So he didn't perform any miracles in Samaria. And I think that that's almost a very important point to remember as we move into this next story, because Jesus went from Samaria into Galilee is what it says in verse 43. And so Jesus testified to his disciples that a prophet has no honor in his own country. So he's going into his own country, Galilee. 
And so he already had said that a prophet does not have honor in their own country. And I mean, there's many reasons to that, but I think that many of us can agree that sometimes the places where we have the least amount of honor, I suppose, or the least amount of respect is in our own homes. (laughs) And it's because the people around us know us. They grew up with us. They've been around us for a long time. Now, of course, that shouldn't have been the case regarding Jesus, but he didn't have honor in his own hometown. And Jesus was testifying to this. And we're going to actually find out later on, or we've talked about this in the past, that Jesus was almost killed in his hometown because they were all irritated with him. They were they were going to stone him to death. They were irritated over the fact that he was claiming to be God because he said that I am the I am. And when he said that his fellow Galileans, the people he like grew up with, were about to take him out into the streets and stone him. And Jesus just like walked away without a scratch. But the fact is, Jesus did not have honor into in his own hometown, I should say. And even here in verse 45, where it says that the Galileans received him, it was only because they had seen all the things that he had done in Jerusalem at the feast. So don't forget what Jesus had done at the feast. This was the first Passover that Jesus went to publicly with his ministry and his disciples. And he actually went into the temple in Jerusalem and drove out all the money changers. We often think of that as Jesus doing that at the very end, which he did. So he did it twice. Jesus drove out the money changers twice, first at the beginning of his ministry and then at the end of his ministry, because of course the Pharisees weren't going to change that quickly. (laughs) They they were greedy. They loved money. And so they were going to exploit the people with all the, you know, money changers in their temple. But anyway, Jesus went and drove out the money changers way at the beginning of of his own ministry, like when he first started everything, before he really even started doing miracles, he was driving people out of the temple and changing things, saying that people were sinning, all this stuff. And because of this, because of Jesus driving out the money changers from the temple, this probably got like public recognition. Maybe it was in like the news or something, whatever the news was at this time period. The Galileans received Jesus because of that because they were probably like, whoa, this guy's so crazy and that's kind of cool and whatever. And so Jesus went to Cana where he initially had made that water into wine, which a lot of people didn't know about that miracle. And it's only mentioned in the book of John. And that's because John witnessed it. John was one of Jesus's disciples. And John was able to see firsthand a lot of the stuff that Jesus had done, though everybody else At that wedding in Cana, when Jesus performed his first miracle of turning the water into the wine, they didn't know about it. And it's pretty clear that the only people that knew about it were Jesus's disciples and maybe his mother. And then also the servants of the feast knew about it. So even that miracle was not public yet. So the Galileans didn't know about that, but they received Jesus either way. And so there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. So there was a Jewish nobleman, it sounds like who had a son that was dying. And he heard that Jesus had come into Galilee and he decided to beg Jesus that he would come down to heal his son. And maybe this guy, even though Jesus was not doing a lot of public healings yet, and if I said that he was in the past, he was not. Because it actually says that when he heals this child here, this was his second sign that he did. So I don't think he did any healings between the wedding at Cana and this event. So excuse me if I said that uh, he did at some point, but I don't remember if I did or not. But if I did, no, he had not really done a lot of healings yet. He was not 
publicly doing miracles at this time. But yet this nobleman knew that Jesus was a great prophet, knew that Jesus was getting a following, heard about Jesus maybe in the temple, and he goes down to ask Jesus to heal his son, for the son was at the point of death. So this nobleman was desperate. He was desperate, and he was probably out of options. Probably the doctors had no clue what was wrong with the son, didn't know how to heal him. So this nobleman hears about Jesus and is like, maybe this prophet, this great prophet, can heal my son. And so he goes to see Jesus because he is extremely desperate. And so Jesus says to him, this is interesting. In verse 48, he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will in no way believe. It seems almost kind of uh, harsh, I suppose, for Jesus to say this to this man who is so desperate, desperately wanting his son to be healed. But perhaps this was exactly what this guy needed to hear. We know that the Israelites really wanted to see signs and wonders. They already asked Jesus for signs and wonders at this point. In fact, when Jesus was at the feast and he got rid of all the money changers in the temple, they the Pharisees confronted Jesus and they were just like, show us a sign and a wonder for us to know that you are you have the authority to get rid of our money changers, basically. And Jesus is like, I'm not going to show you any sign or wonder. But he said, you know, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll build it back up again. And of course, that's not what the Pharisees wanted to hear. They wanted Jesus to perform some sort of like lightning miracle out of heaven, right? But that wasn't what Jesus was going to do. And he never did that. Jesus never tooted his own horn. So now this man who is a nobleman and probably has like preconceived notions about Jesus is coming to Jesus, asking for his son to be healed. And Jesus gets right to the heart of this issue. And he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will in no way believe. And he was probably not talking directly just to this man either. He was probably talking to the majority of the people that were watching all this. Because don't forget that Jesus had a following. There's a ton of multitudes around him all the time. And so Jesus was talking to everybody here when he's like, you guys just want to see signs and wonders all the time. You're not going to believe unless you see them. Which is so fascinating that Jesus had just gone out of Samaria, you know, the area that the Israelites hated because the Samaritans were considered to be like less than Gentiles, basically. And yet the Samaritans didn't need a sign or a wonder from Jesus. They just believed Jesus because of his words. And this is why Jesus testified that he had no honor in his own hometown because they weren't going to believe him just for the gospel. They needed to see these signs and wonders. So the nobleman says to Jesus, he's like, sir, come down before my child dies. And so Jesus has compassion. He says, go your way. Your son lives. But that's the thing about this. Had Jesus not said initially, you need a sign and a wonder to believe, would this nobleman have been able to just take Jesus's words and trust in that? Would he have been able to do that? And I would guess no. I would guess just as the audience around Jesus wanted a sign, this nobleman definitely wanted a sign because his son was dying. So when Jesus cuts straight to the the heart of the issue, he was in a way helping this man believe. Believe just Jesus's words, not Jesus performing this crazy sign and wonder in front of him, but just being happy when Jesus gives a word, your son lives. 
But the man believed, it says, the word that Jesus spoke to him. And he went his way. And so as he was going down, his servants met him and reported, saying, your child lives. So he asked the, the servants, he's like, when did my son start getting better? And they say to him, yesterday at the seventh hour for the fever left him. So right around one o'clock the day before, this nobleman remembers what he had said, what Jesus had said to him. And he realizes it's at the exact same time that his son starts to get better. And it says that he believed as did his whole house. And this was the second sign that Jesus did. And really, I think this is a message for all of us. Are we happy when God just gives us a word? Or are we always expecting some sort of sign and wonder from God? Are we always expecting, you know, God to talk to us in some miraculous way? Or are we happy with just his words? Because honestly, the Bible is God's words. And we don't need anything more than that. And if we're looking for something more than the Bible, that can be very dangerous because we'll start looking in other places for God's voice and then believing that we hear God in some other way. And it could be completely anti-biblical, anti-God. So we have to be very careful that we're always just paying attention to scripture. And that is our authority, is what we're reading in the scriptures. So this is really a message to all of us that God's words sometimes don't come along with signs and wonders. In fact, more often than not, they don't come along with signs and wonders. And even Jesus didn't perform signs and wonders for the people who wanted to see them. And I'm not calling any specific person out when I say this, but I think sometimes Christians get into this trap of just wanting to see the Spirit move all the time that it can get kind of dangerous almost. And sometimes we hear about all these you know, crazy churches that are doing this or some kind of miracle happened here or whatever else. But that's not what it's about. It's not about the miracles and the signs and the wonders. What it's about is Jesus's words, spreading the gospel to people the way Jesus did in Samaria, the way that Samaritan woman at the well that we talked about went and spread Jesus's words to everybody in the city. That's what it's about. And if we're looking for anything more, and if we're expecting the spirit to move in a certain way that God never said that the spirit was going to move in, I think that can get pretty dangerous sometimes. We need to be focusing in on who Jesus is, his message, the gospel to the world, because really that is what's going to save people. Hey, if you guys haven't picked up a Bible Explained t-shirt yet, you should probably check them out because I just updated them like last week. So it's newly updated and also the price is lower than they initially were, which is really exciting. And of course, everything in the t-shirt shop includes uh, shipping and taxes also. So the price that you see is the price you're going to pay just to let you know about that. So check that out. That's going to be linked in the bio of the podcast episode. But faithful listeners, I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Thursday. Until tomorrow, happy listening and God bless.